Welcome to the Consciouspreneur Podcast, where we discuss and apply the principles of mindset, leadership, and business building strategies that align with our purpose, honor the people we work with, and generate a sustainable profit. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Consciouspreneur Podcast. My name is Dr. Mary Maduna Gross, and today we were we are speaking with Eunicia Perrette. Eunicia is an accomplished wealth strategist who focuses on helping multi-six- and seven-figure individuals optimize their wealth creation efforts by empowering them to understand how the wealthy go beyond 401ks, RIAs, and other typical savings accounts to minimize taxes, maximize growth, and fortify their financial future. Eunicia is a strong believer that those who seek more uh, for their money and wealth creation efforts deserve to know the unfair advantages that financial institutions and financial advisors typically don't share with their clients. Her Wealth Freedom Formula is a personalized, hands-on financial consulting program offering end-to-end wealth optimization strategies that most people never experience when it comes to true wealth optimization efforts. Welcome to this conversation, Eunicia. It's a pleasure to be here with you, Mary. Oh, wonderful. Uh, so as we always do, start, um, tell us a little bit about your story, about how you became to be this wealth strategist. Uh, was there a problem that you were facing that this solved or how did you, what pulled you in this direction? It's a very good question. And uh, it, it really is grounded in, in our specific, when I say our, I'm, I'm talking about our family's financial needs specifically. I've always been in, in the world of finance, whether it be finance as a function, think of finance for the finance department for a large institution, typically Fortune 500 companies, as well as the intersection of finance as an industry. Think of banks, uh, insurance companies, et cetera. Um, I did that for many years, uh, specifically appealing to the needs of Fortune 500 companies. And what I realized, what my husband and I realized a few years uh, quite a few years ago at this point, was that even though we had financial advisors, we never really got the insights that we needed to make the right decisions. It was always based, all the guidance that we ever got was focused on invest in this fund, invest in that stock, invest here or there, but it was never and ever came as a comprehensive picture. And because of that, we had a lot of angst when it came to what would happen if, for example, we passed away? How would our legacy be left to our children? How do we ensure that um, that we're going to be fine when we retire? Because it's not just about the income. It's not just about the salary. It's about how it all comes together and how it transpires years and years and years down the road. And so when we sat down, we sat down with some financial advisors yet again, and I felt very uneasy because it just felt like even though we had some very specific questions, we got more of the same. And so we started seeking answers. I told my husband, I said, we need to find someone that can address all the questions that I have. Because as a strategy consultant, I can have a lot of questions. And it's all for good for good reason, right? We need to dive into the root cause of the problem. And it was very important because this was even more, more pressing. It was our situation, our, our matter, right? And so we found some individuals that we started talking to and for the first time ever, I had this, this epiphany that 
I felt comfortable. I went to bed and I didn't have that angst of how is it going to be? I don't see how what we were told is going to transpire into this amazing wealth situation on the road. And in part, it was because we, the individuals we sat down with, were taking things from a, a little bit of a different angle. Foreshadowing, um, I told my husband, I said, hey, be, based on what you do, you probably should be looking at bolting on a financial advisory practice um, onto your real estate, uh, real estate company as well. Because a lot of the clients that, as you can imagine, you're transacting and you're dealing with on a real estate side also have a lot of financial needs as well, whether it be investments, whether it be taxes, et cetera, et cetera. At that point in time, um, he, the message was loud and clear. He said, I've been thinking about this. The problem is, there's just no bandwidth. So knowing what I knew, having felt the angst that I had felt before and having seen what it feels like to truly feel optimized, if you will, for the first time ever, I said, don't worry about it. I'll take it on as a project. I'll put the company together and then I will go on my merry way and do what I do best, which was corporate America. Long story short, I started helping clients individually because at that point in time, I needed to really dive deep to understand not just their needs, but also more importantly, I started asking the question of what is the industry missing? Because anybody, and I speak with so many individuals who will tell me, I just spoke with a big bank. I just went to Wells Fargo. I just went to Merrill Edge. And here's what they told me when it comes to investments. And that's wonderful. But what are we missing? What are they not talking about? What is it that our portfolios don't necessarily have in them that could potentially minimize risk, um, alleviate taxes, minimize or reduce taxes altogether, et cetera, et cetera. And so when I started asking those questions, what I found was happening, it was really turning into more of a consulting approach because it's not a one-trick pony. It's not just about how to invest the money. It's about how do we have a comprehensive view of all of our options so that we can not just grow our money, but we can reduce taxes and we can make sure that we're going to be fine in retirement. And so hence how the company was born. Um, I've been at it ever since and I never wanted to give it up because when I see the value that the clients get from what it is that we do day in and day out, it's just such a joy. Um, and it gives me that peace in my heart that somebody else is now in a better position than they would have been had we not been working together. Yeah. Well, I I, I love this little story about your, your angst and then than experiencing the ease that came when those questions were answered. And it sounds like I'm, I'm putting words in your mouth here, but it sounds like not only were those questions answered, but you must have had a strategy then that would address those questions. We, because, and yes, the strategy came because of my expertise and being able to really ask those tough questions. Um, I'll never forget one of the individuals that we first uh, worked with um, as we were going through this transition. Um, he came to me and he said, you know, you ask more questions than anybody else I've ever worked with. And I said, well, everybody should be ask, asking those questions. But sadly, most people either can't think of them or sadly, even if they think of them for some reason or another, they they just don't ask them, whether it's because they're embarrassed, they don't want to be uh, feeling like, you know, maybe it's a wrong question or a stupid question or whatever it may be. Well, in my situation, because I asked those questions day in and day out, and it was our money, I felt it's my duty to ask or else I'm probably going to be in the same boat. And so the questions then led to discovering um, what I call blind spots, 
and overall financial advisory approaches that are that most people are experiencing just out there and in, in the in the uh, industry, and then asking the question of okay, how do we overcome those? How do we make sure that people no longer experience the blind spots, or they're in a situation when they when they look in the rearview mirror, financial rearview mirror, they realize that hey, that was a pothole pothole I could have avoided had I known whatever it is that they should have known in their specific situation. Yeah. So, so these questions, um, and let's go back again to, to your own experience. You, you had questions that weren't being answered. Did, did these questions come up for you because you had the context of finance and, and a background in finance or were you just, or, or these questions that most of us might be asking? Um, it was number one, because I had the context and number two, because when I ask a question, I call it spidey senses, insights, whatever it may be. When I ask a question and I feel that um, the other person might either be dancing around it or not answering it straight up. And this is a skill that gets created and, and honed in after years and years of, in my case, strategy consulting, which is what I did in my prior life. Um, you get to understand that, hey, I just asked a question that wasn't answered. I, I don't have the answer to. I have an answer, but not the answer. How do you know it's not the answer? Because you're looking at different triggers. You're looking at different things that are causing the response to be what it is. And so when I started looking at that, one, just to, to speak to with, with concrete examples, one of the examples um, when it comes to questions is individuals asking the the question about, hey, should I own real estate? Most financial advisors will tell you, well, real estate is wonderful, but here's a laundry list, laundry list of things that you should be aware of. And so inherently that person immediately will think, well, real estate is bad because so and such and such financial advisor told me that it was bad. Well, in my case, I thought, okay, that's wonderful, but I know real estate works. Why does it work? Why is this person telling me that it doesn't? What's in it for him? What's in it for me or him or her, right? And start diving down into that, then brought another question for me from a strategy perspective. Okay, what do we do with the individual that feels more comfortable owning real estate? Sure, they'll have a plethora of financial vehicles as well, which most wealthy individuals will. But how does real estate fit in that picture and how do we as financial experts not shy the person away from what it is that they know like and trust but rather bring that as part of a broader portfolio that's something that most people don't experience and so it's not i wish i could say it's a clear cut it was a clear cut you know bullet answer it wasn't it was really asking that question and then figuring out does the response is the response commensurate to where it should be or is there a problem with the response? And if there's a problem, why is there a problem? And how do we get to basically being able to circumvent that issue? Well, okay, so I'm curious. I mean, I've got my own financial advisors, right? And I love the story about the the uh, the real estate because I've I literally have had that conversation with um, our financial advisor, and the response was very much what you just described. Um, and, and I even remember thinking to myself in that moment, well, of course, he's going to downplay the possibility of real estate because it has nothing to do with his commission and what he's getting on this portfolio. 
And if I'm him, I'm not wanting to see my client siphon off funds into another real uh, investment strategy and take it out of the funds that I'm managing. 100%. Okay. So uh, when it comes to even thinking about building wealth, where do we even start? Because I want to get to your strategy. But some of us, and, and I'll speak for myself, like I, I really never had any particular direction on here's how you build strategy. I remember I was in education and and finally, I think I was five or more years into this when when some finally I sat down with an investment person and said, well, what are you saving? What are you doing with your, your finances here? Are you saving additional money? And I hadn't been at that point at all. I didn't even know that that was an option. I didn't even know that I should be asking for that because I was in education. I assumed I would have a pension at the end of it. I didn't know anything else about additional um, investments. So if if your listener is in that space now where I don't even know where to begin, what are some of those questions maybe that we should be asking ourselves about our wealth that would lead us into these these strategies then for building it? I would say one of the biggest things, Mary, is is the desire to do something different. And the desire coupled with the drive and the stamina to actually follow through. Why do I say that? It's because, and it was funny because you this topic came up on one of your prior podcasts about mindset, right? Similarly to one of your prior podcast uh, uh, guests, when I first started working with individuals, I honestly thought, and I still am a believer that everybody, everybody should know what the wealthy do and employ some of the same strategies that they employ. But what I found is that if the mindset isn't there, if the person can get beyond themselves, if they're not willing to invest in themselves, nothing's going to happen. So first and foremost, for, for our listeners, let's assume that we've got someone that perhaps has an old 401k or perhaps has started paying themselves, or maybe they didn't, but they started thinking about, it's not enough to just do something. Doing something can oftentimes actually cost you significantly in the long run. So the the first thing that we do as part of our overall strategy, and this is what most people really need to, where they need to start, it's probably the hardest place also. So we need to figure out what is it that they're trying to achieve. What does retirement look like? It's a very, it's a very high pie in the sky kind of question, right? But if we don't know what it is that we're aiming for, how do we know what the end of the the light at the end of the tunnel should look like? Whereas if we ask the right questions at the onset, then we have visibility into risk profiles. We have visibility into traditional, non-traditional uh, investment vehicles. We have visibility into taxation problems. I can't tell you how many individuals come to us that are not optimized on how they pay taxes on their current income. We're not tax experts, but because we're wealth strategists, we're able to then couple those individuals with the right specialists we're able to help facilitate some of those questions, which in turn will then deliver in many cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars to their bottom line year over year. And so once we do all that, then we start thinking about, okay, from an investment perspective, what is it that we need that money to do? Does it need to just be there for retirement? Do we need liquidity? How does taxation in the future play play a role into everything? How do we marry that with what we just did for taxes in terms of our income? And so we go through all of that and then we're able to say, okay, now based on everything that we're doing, 
this is what it looks like and this is how we're going to be optimized for the future, whether it be for income, whether it be for estate planning purposes, whether it be for um, for uh, a divestiture play for our companies. And so it's it's very hard to start with the end if we don't have a path of approach to actually get there. So if I'm hearing you correctly, then the first step is really, again, that I heard you say invest in yourself, that idea that I'm responsible for my future. And if and to be responsible means that I learn about how to build wealth. Learning about and not when I when you say learning about a lot of people go, well, I just I don't want to learn. I don't want to pay to learn. I just want somebody to do it for me. And that's wonderful. But I see it as a huge difference. Pay someone to do it for you versus have a team that can help you execute the strategies that you're more aligned, most aligned to. Because a lot of people say, well, what's the difference? The difference in the best way that I can think of it, I don't know what what kind of sports you enjoy, but let's say that you enjoy the, you enjoy basketball, right? And it's the playoffs and you have tickets to the playoffs game and you're so excited about being there, but you you say, you know what, I'm just going to give my tickets to somebody else and I'm going to just live vicariously through their experience there on the court. Is that the same thing as you being there and experiencing it? No, it's not. You're not going to play the game just like you shouldn't necessarily be the one investing But if you don't understand the strategies and you don't understand what your options are, it's the equivalent of taking that exceptionally um, uh, expensive ticket and asking someone to live vicariously through you. Maybe they don't even enjoy basketball that much. Maybe they enjoy baseball more. Now what? Right. And so it's the same thing. It's it's the, the taking a step back and saying, hey, do I want this or don't I? Um, just a couple of days ago, I was talking to someone who came um, to us as a referral. She actually heard me um, speaking in a private group uh, a few weeks ago. And she said, Inicia, here's the situation. I have multiple 401k accounts. Uh, it amasses to a pretty nice chunk of money. Um, the individual makes between her and her husband just a little, a little over half a million dollars a year. And she said, I went to one of the big banks and they told me it's going to cost me 1%. They reserved the rights to do transactions on my behalf. They may or may not contact me with those transactions. Um, I may or may not have a dedicated advisor because she didn't quite meet the threshold. And she's like, it's giving me angst. I said, well, rightfully you should. Why is it that because you're below some threshold that somebody imposes at one of the big institutions or, or even smaller institutions that your financial situation shouldn't necessarily be optimized again because you don't check somebody else's box this is not somebody else's box this is yours right right what okay so once we make that commitment to ourselves and to our financial futures um the next thing that comes up for me as i'm thinking about this is it seems like too much you know, like I was saying to in my own experience, like nobody's taught me how to do any of this. I don't have the context for wealth. I'm I'm busy. I'm building a business. I don't have the time or the energy to invest learning into this, which is, I think, why maybe some of us, I'll speak for myself here, go to those um, options where it's done for you. Right. So, again, I, I, I'm hearing you say just because it's done doesn't mean it's right for you. Let me give you an, let me give you an example of a of a client that we're currently working with. When um, the, this individual and her family came to us, 
she was severely overwhelmed because um, she her area of expertise has nothing to do with finance. She is um, very, very well educated. They bring in a, a huge amount of money on a yearly basis. But she said, Eunicia, I can't even wrap my head around even looking at where things are. So I said, don't worry about it. We will help you decipher because part of what we do is in at least in the way we work with our clients, we don't just push on the client and say, okay, learn and we'll see on the other end, right? It's not about that. It's about having the discussions in such a way where they're intertwined to the client specific situation so that they understand what their options are. So we started working together. And after a few times of us meeting, she came to me and she said, okay, this particular pot of money that's sitting in this particular case, it was with Edward Jones. She said, it was somebody that was close to us. She came over, didn't know what she was doing. But a few years ago, I found out that she was working for the company and she at least did something. Well, guess what? We're dealing with multiple 529 accounts as one example. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. And there's a strong likelihood that those children will probably never go through the traditional formal college education. They're experts in other fields. They've started building their own businesses. So they're investing in very non-traditional educational programs, coaching programs, et cetera. And they can't exactly take the money out of the five, those 529 accounts. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Because the client didn't have that the discussion about the vision, the intention, the et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that should have been had at the onset of those accounts, we're now in a situation where it's going to cost them dearly if they want to pull the money out. But there's no likelihood of how could they repurpose the money unless they just literally give it to somebody else in the extended family, which is not a desire. And so that's a good example of is just doing something enough? No, it's not. And so um, it's not about learning and doing it all on your own. It's about having the proper support, just like we were talking before the show, right? About the the mentors and the consultants that you work with for your business. Same thing here, right? I know that I have specific areas where we want to grow, areas that are not in my, my, my wheelhouse, that are not my expertise. So what do I do? I have two options. I can geek out and try to do them on my own. I can go tell a company, just do it for me. Or hire someone to teach us how to do it so that we can then either take them in-house or hire them to execute on our behalf. But at least I'm never blindsided because I know what's happening with my business. And so it's the same thing when it comes to money and to finances. It's not about doing it on our own. It's about having the right team to help us implement it in agreement to our specific situation. Okay. All right. So we've got the mindset and um, we know now that we need to find someone who can guide us to find the solutions that are right for us. What are some of those questions that we should be asking of our financial advisors or strategists? Um, what are questions that, that your prospects ask you or that you want them to ask you to make sure that um, the client and, and that this whole partnership is aligned? Well, first of all, I'm going to decouple that for just a little bit, Mary, because I'm going to piggyback off of the tax side. That's one of the areas that we see are of huge, huge need with a lot of individuals, successful business owners that are are earning are already in their profitable years. Um, is ask yourself the question of when is the last time 
your CPA, your financial person, your investment advisor, your whomever, your attorney came to you and said, hey, X, Y, Z, here are some things that we should do that will help ease your taxation, that will help optimize your investments, that will help address what's happening with the market right now, that will help prepare you for the new legislative changes when it comes to taxation, whatever. If the answer is, well, it doesn't really happen, every year is more of the same, then automatically you know that you probably need to seek out some additional support. Okay. You may or may not. What, it, what, would be a, what would be a preferred answer to that question? Well, preferred answer is, uh, from a tax perspective, my CPA comes to me every year and suggests new ways in which we can minimize taxation based on whatever, right? Or, or last year or earlier this year, my CPA came to me and said, hey, Mr. So-and-so, we can do ABC. And if we do that, it's going to alleviate an additional 10% of taxes, or your financial advisor, right now, everybody's hoping, most financial advisors are hoping that the clients don't call because most individuals have lost money in their portfolios, right? Well, what if you would be in a situation where you can have an open dialogue with your financial advisor and you would know that, hey, part of my money is maybe safer? When is the last time that you had the conversation where you were told that, yes, you can invest money and possibly not lose everything. Most people don't even know that that's an option. So if, you, if you're in a situation where you don't get the experts that you're working with, where they don't come to you actively and proactively to tell you things and, and strategies, then the question falls right back on you. Then what are you doing to optimize your situation, to find the right people, to put the right people on your financial team bus? Okay. So again, if I'm hearing you correctly, we should be expecting our CPA to come to us, right? To have this ongoing communication about what what our income is, what our tax liabilities are, so that we know that our CPA is always thinking about how do we maximize um, what you keep, right? And how do we minimize taxes? True. Assuming you have that kind of relationship with your CPA, because most people, most CPAs are primarily focused on filing taxes. You might have a bookkeeper that might help you with some of those things, but even then, it's more it's more transactional in nature. It's not consultative in nature, right? And so then, if you take that, if you take that, the discussion between you and the CPA, the bookkeeper, whoever's on your accounting team, now you have to ask the question of, okay, is the CPA slash accountant, are they talking to my financial investor, my financial advisor? Because if your financial advisor is implementing specific strategies that are not in alignment to the discussions that are being had with your CPA, then chances are you're probably leaving money on the table. And so it it becomes a very complex um, situation, particularly because nobody is incentivized to transcend the lines and to start having conversations with your broader financial team, because that's not their job. And so when we realized, remember, I was mentioning about those potholes and blind spots, this is one of those major, major blind spots. So we asked the question internally, how can we overcome this blind spot so that clients don't have to see the the ramifications of of experiencing them? And we came up with the solution that is now part of our overall um, approach. Okay. So again, um, 
it sounds like not only having more intentional and consistent communication with our CPA regarding taxes, but then how is uh, our our CPA communicating with our financial advisor so that we're we're seeing the whole picture and not just one slice of it at a time. Right. My uh, financial advisors and my CPAs have never spoken with one another. I've ne- they've never even asked me about one another. I never even thought about um, what those connections might be. Is that typical, or maybe I'm um, in the um, the anomaly here? No, it, that's the problem. It's very typical because the the, the two of them are in, they're they're each operating in their individual lanes. They may be doing very well in their individual lanes, but when we start looking at truly optimizing, we see a lot of inefficiencies that can creep up due to the lack of collaboration. That collaboration, you're asking those people to do it pro bono at that point in time, if you just ask them to have the conversations. And furthermore, it's not enough to just have two people talking. They have to understand each other's strategies. They have to understand, you know, some CPAs are very, very, you know, cut to the chase, very simplistic approaches. They don't really dive deep down into the the more strategic um, ways of reducing taxes. Uh, Their financial advisors, as an example, may be very much focused on just a small subset of, of, you know, investment products that they offer. And that's that. They don't understand the gamut and across the board. So part of having the right team on your side is to make sure that, again, it goes back to not learning, but being empowered, understanding what your options are, because then you can then in turn ask the questions of your financial advisor. Hey, why aren't you ever talking to my CPA? Or or my CPA told me X, Y, Z. How do I address this question? Or being able to ask questions of each other like that, right? Unfortunately, it doesn't happen. So you're not the anomaly. You're you're experiencing what most of of the individuals are experiencing when it comes to this this um, discrepancy and the the silos more so that are happening in the financial services arena. Are there other silos that are somehow? kind of out there by themselves, other financial silos. Uh, we've talked about financial advisors and CPAs. Is there anything, no. any other service maybe that might fit into that? Absolutely. The legal side of things comes in pretty hot and heavy, especially for dealing with business owners. Um, I'll give you an example. We're dealing with a client uh, right now that we were able to gain significant tax reductions for last year um, in collaboration with our strategic partners. And we're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars. Um, How did those come to bear? Well, they came to bear because we're dealing with experts who deal with very specific tax code regulations, and that's all they geek out on. That is the attorney that that endorses and has their due diligence done on those specific areas. But for this particular client, came the question of, okay, what if that money was to be repurposed and shifted over as a retirement plan. Now, guess what? All of a sudden, we dealt with a different area of, of legal questions. And so then we were able to bring in the right experts to address those questions, to validate that the approach was correct, to put the parameters to say, okay, if you do this, you need to make sure that this, that, and the other is in force, and then it'll work. So we were able to transcend all the way to validating some of those those specific um, questions and and desired approaches, but it required bringing on the right 
attorneys. Because just because we're dealing with an attorney, a business attorney is not an estate planning attorney. An estate planning attorney is not, you know, a tax attorney, et cetera, et cetera. And so you might get kind of high level answers. But when you speak with an expert, all of a sudden you realize that, hey, I might have done something that's actually putting me at risk. And so legal is the other big component that's very important for business owners. So we have CPA, we have financial advisors, and we have legal. So I, I, I think that I'm starting to put this together. It sounds like then you position yourself as a strategist kind of in the middle of all of these silos to help coordinate um, amongst them, between them. I'm not sure which is the right way to describe that. But, <laughs> but is situation the, one a good yeah. one or the other or both? Okay. Is that is that a an accurate description of your position within these service areas? Very much so. Very much so. Okay. That's, that's the reason why we became wealth strategists more so than anything else, because um, we don't want to become jacks of all trades and masters of none. We want to make sure that the individuals that are experts deploy some of the strategies. But we also realized that to just tell the client, hey, Mr. Client, you have all these, these 5, 10, 15, 30 things that need to be accomplished just to implement one strategy and expect that between the client and the party that's implementing, everything's going to go just completely smoothly would be foolish. And so where we then come in is we're, we're kind of the quarterbacks, if you will, to make sure that number one, we understand the goals. Number two, we have the right strategy. Number three, we have the right um, strategic partners at the table and the client understands what's happening and what are the different options that they have at, at their disposal in order to then be able to execute and implement on those strategies. This is really helpful. This is uh, this is coming together for me in my head. So I hope it's coming together um, in the head of our listeners as well. So now that you you ha- you're in this position as a wealth strategist and and can coordinate all of this, then you would probably be our primary contact. Is that true? And and then you help orchestrate amongst these others, and maybe you direct your clients. This is what you need to do. Ha- this is a conversation you need to have with your CPA or hear the questions. Am I, is that true? Absolutely. We would we would be the the coordinators and identify whether or not, first of all, an individual or a small business would even be a good candidate for us to take on. We don't take on individuals or, as cl- or clients unless we know that the value is there. And the client will have a very clear understanding of the value is there. Here are the reasons why. And they'll know that, you know, together we'll know if it's a if it's a beneficial and mutually um, valuable experience. And then from there, we bring on the experts. Um, we've tried before to where we'll refer individuals to XYZ expert. But what we find is that if we just do that, things will fall in between the in between the cracks unfortunately, um, for various reasons that we don't even need to go into, but things will fall between the cracks. And so when things fall between the cracks, other the implementation doesn't go through or it goes through with hiccups. And at the end of the day, we either miss out or the client misses out on whatever investment they've made, or they end up not gaining as much value because it wasn't implemented the right way. Yeah. So... Now that I, I kind of have this whole big picture of how this all fits together, and you've you've given lots of stories today about how you've helped specific clients with specific issues, 
can you help me kind of give me the big picture view of what it is that you ultimately do for your clients? What what are they able to experience or or have, do, or be as a result of working with you as a strategist? They, as a result of working with me and with us as a company, um, as their strategic financial partner, um, they have the awareness, like they've never, they would have never had before, that um, they understand their options, that they're not being sold into products just because that's what the industry does. Um, they would also have a, a one-stop shop to say, okay, here's my strategy. This is how it's working. These are the things that we're doing for the future. That strategy is also flexible enough to where they know that if things change in the future, it can change with their specific situation versus individuals just knowing that I have an account here and an account there and I hope that it holds and I hope that I'm going to be fine when I retire. Once again, they kind of have that roadmap, they have that blueprint, and they also have an accountability partner that they can reach out to and talk to more than just once a year in a 45, 30 to 45 minute meeting and expect that we're going to just have a bulletproof approach to our wealth optimization strategy. I have not seen that work anywhere yet. And so because of that, we want to make sure that clients have access to a team, to their team of experts, um, so that they are not in the dark. Okay, beautiful. So what does working with you look like? Because I've got my picture of, of um, you know, got my CPA over here, my financial advisor over here. I don't have that legal person on my team yet. It's It's separate, it's discreet. So how do I... How do your clients work with you? So when we first bring um, a client on, we first and foremost sit down and we understand what is it that they're even trying to achieve. Based on what they're trying to achieve, we then direct them into um, the specific things that should be most applicable to them in terms of, I call it the domino effect. What are some of the things that we need to focus on first, second, third, et cetera? Based on okay. that, so help prioritize. Help prioritize. We yeah. also look at you know where are they because oftentimes they'll they'll say they'll come to us and they'll say, well, I have this this amount of money that I want to invest either in whole or monthly basis or whatever the case may be. Where do I put it? We don't ever even talk about options until we're trying to until we understand what is the client, what does that money mean to them, what do they want the money to truly do, and we have them walk through that. We walk through that with them in the construct of the methodology. So the methodology is the methodology, but it's very much customized to each individual specifically and unique from their unique um, um, level of needs. And then we start talking about the implementation plan. How is it going to be executed? Who are the experts that need to come to bear? Whether they need to be introduced potentially to another CPA or I'm not a proponent of saying, hey, just find somebody new, especially if we know that the their current team maybe is knowledgeable and willing to go the extra mile. And we have we have testers and questions and different things that we'll send the clients with. And either that or we are part of those meetings to identify are those the right people? And not by having an interview or anything like that, but the clients will most in most cases come back and say, I love so-and-so as a friend, but it's pretty clear that 
Number one, we haven't gotten any new guidance the last several years. When we asked the questions that you asked us to ask, there's nothing that new that came out. Can you please create an introduction? And so at that point in time, we would have, we would provide an introduction to um, multiple options of individuals. That way the clients get to say, gets to say, hey, this is the person that I feel most comfortable with. And they're able to just have that sense of security that, hey, I'm talking to people that I know, like, and trust, and I'm in good territory. And then together, we obviously continue on the discussions based on the specific things that will then become uh, points of implementation for that those individual clients. Okay. So when we're first starting to work, when you're first starting to work with a client, um, is there a lot of front end meetings? Is it, do you, do you meet more often or for longer periods of time? And then does, what does your meeting with your clients look like once a strategy is, is being implemented? Generally, we work with our clients to where we meet minimum once a month. Um, in many cases, we will meet more, but we always want to make sure that the client is not overwhelmed. And so because of, of this desire to make sure that the client, it has to be an enjoyable process. And keep in mind, most clients are already stressed out. They already don't want to face their financials. They already don't want to think about those things, right? It's to your point, it's too much. What we do is we take it and in, in we've created a pace that is, um, it feels right for most clients. And if we need to throttle it back or speed it up, we can always do that because it's customized um, to their situation. In most cases, um, from the period of starting to work with a client all the way to where um, some of the strategies start getting implemented, it's going to be a six to 12 month um, kind of more of hands-on discussions after the implementations are are in and it's more of a um, just maintaining a status quo. We don't have to, we will not meet that as frequently it could be we're meeting twice a year or we're meeting four times a year. But during the up to the implementation part, um, we're meeting as often as we need to in order to make sure the client feels feels comfortable and but at the same time making sure that they don't feel overwhelmed. Wow. I, finances is not my uh favorite conversation as well, but the way that you have described this today for me, I really have a I think a a pretty good handle on on all of these parts and pieces of our financial story, our, our financial plan, um, how they may not be working together, and how you could help us uh, put these pieces together so that it's working on a single focus strategy and all of the pieces are aligned to that. 100%. It would be my pleasure if anybody is is interested to have a conversation to identify, you know, what could potentially look like um, different options for them. I'd be happy to to sit down and um, and see what value we can deliver. Awesome. So before we go, the last question, and you kind of mentioned this before, but I want to come back to it. Who um, who you serve? Who's your ideal client? Our ideal client, really, anybody. And everybody should want to do um, and to implement some of the strategies that, once again, not only do we deploy, but we deploy based on what we know works for some of the most successful individuals out there. Um, But the reality is 
because of mindset and other other uh, factors, not everybody is necessarily going to be in a situation where they can embark on such a journey. So because of that, we started focusing in on the successful business owners, um, individuals that are um, in the the low six-figure income all the way into the seven-figure um, and above. Depending on the strategy, the methodology will, uh, will adjust accordingly. But generally, we're looking to make to work with individuals that are either high income earners or they have a net worth that they're trying to optimize because it's either time or they've gotten an inheritance or whatever the case may be, and they're in that that position. Excellent, Unicia. Thank you for making this topic um, accessible. At least I feel it's accessible, and and I'm sure the other listeners too will will have heard things today that have answered questions that we all carry around in our heads, and we just don't know who to ask them to. Or as you said earlier too, maybe we feel like it's a stupid question. So thank you so much for sharing so much of this this territory that you are an expert in and that you can help guide us. And and because again, the, the consciouspreneur, we're in business to make the world a better place and profit and revenue and legacy is all part of that. So thank you for your contribution to this community. It is my pleasure to be here, Mary. And for the consciouspreneur, for everybody that's listening, I would tell you, you're probably more focused on, on delivering value first your clients and and making the world a more beautiful place but don't forget don't forget to take care of your own um your own uh, priorities as well because unfortunately it doesn't matter how much value you add out there if your priorities go un- unmanaged and not taken care of um we might hit a time when it's it's too late or perhaps the the damages are irreversible at that point in time so take care of your financial stuff so, and um, for the listener, tell us where we can find you. Absolutely. We're just about everywhere on social media under Unicia Perret uh, or the Empowered Financial Planner. You can also uh, reach us at www.empoweredfinancialplanner.com. And for those that want to know more about the philosophies and the pitfalls that you too could be avoiding, um, check out, it's a very short read, um, Five Pitfalls to Avoid, uh, www.empoweredfinancialplanner.com forward slash pitfalls. I'm sure it'll be the notes as well. You can easily just click on that. Beautiful, beautiful. Yes, we will have all of these links in the notes before the person, you know, that auditory learner, I wanted to make sure that we had it in the recording as well. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Mary. Thank you for this conversation. And once again, thank you for sharing your gifts. I'm, I'm very grateful for you. Thanks for listening. We're not just a podcast, we're a community. So before you go, we invite you to join the Consciouspreneur Mastermind community. We are a powerful movement of high-achieving, impact-focused entrepreneurs who are leading the charge, making the world a better place through business. We offer a comprehensive suite of tools, techniques, support, and direction, all rolled up into a community-driven inspirational launch pad. We will nudge you out of your comfort zone and into your genius zone so that you can lead your business with clarity and focus. If you're looking for a community of like-minded and like-spirited people who support your personal development and business growth, well, you found the right place. Plus, we have a lot of fun. After all, if you're not having fun, you're not doing it right. Remember, we're all in this together. Check out the link in the details in the description below and help our community grow by liking, subscribing, and sharing the content. We look forward to having you join us next week. Until then.